we are here with another episode of decision lab podcast today we will continue our discussion with professor arnab about machine learning and ai we will discuss how machines work in an uncertain environment and how they can help us discover connections understand and solve complex problems let's explore more Actually, I was thinking that uh, when you say intelligence, it's more about what uh, the machine has learned already. When it comes to, I think, human beings, we say that, okay, the person is wise or he or she has more wisdom when he can actually take decisions when the person has never faced that kind of environment uh, before. How that uncertainty is catered in machine learning or uh, AI? So in fact, this is this is again a very good question, and only people have only recently started looking at this. So I completely completely agree with this this part that uh, the humans are able to generalize better. That this this sort of uh, you know behavior is this sort of generalizing capabilities is you can we can very easily see in kids. I'm not a child psychologist really, but uh, this is my own observation. The kids they they grow up in a certain environment and so on. and they are often exposed to very new environments which they have not been exposed to right they are able to generalize very well and and behave accordingly so i mean this this has been recognized by the machine learning community traditionally but only very recently uh, you know people have started seriously looking at it uh, i'm going to use a couple of technical terms here there are two concepts one is called domain adaptation where then you learn on a certain domain and you you're then you know learning on a different domain and then in the different domain you don't have that kind of a data so either you will have very less data or you will have data which is not labeled correctly when you are learning you need to have labeled data for example when you teach your kid you you have to tell him that this if you draw an a this sort of a circle and then a then a tail a little right. bit of a tail after it is called an a so even machine needs these labeled data but the idea of domain adaptation is that you you have learned something on one data and then for the other data the that the other data is similar to this one but it is not exactly same it is in a different domain it, it may be coming from a different you know source or so on and it is not strictly labeled right so there may be certain differences and the machine has to you know learn to generalize over it so this is one area which is coming up and the other term that i'm going to use uh, here is uh, what is known as catastrophic forgetting okay this is until few years ago uh, you know catastrophic forgetting was in fact one of the concerns in machine learning that if you are again if you are given a certain data and if you are now exposed to another data which is just having a very different distribution then if the machine now is trained on a new data it will forget the original task now that should not happen so this this idea of multitasking right that which humans are very good at right we can we can speak while we are eating for example we are watching something and we can we can interact with somebody right so this right. this idea of this multitasking which which humans are again extremely effortless at something like this is not very common uh, to machines until recently and uh, both of these aspects are in fact very very crucial to decision making because you don't really expect a machine to learn always and or you don't really expect a machine to get curated data always or labeled data always so it has to do well with partial data i think that is you know that is what humans are so good at uh, my my perspective on this is that these problems have been recognized in machine learning but the state of the art solutions 
are definitely far from what we humans can do in, in terms of these pathological scenarios. Uh, but the fact that we have recognized these problems and people have people are already working on these problems is it is a you know matter of a lot of promise and we are hoping that in a few years these problems uh, do get uh, will, will get resolved shortly. I was just um, uh, reflecting upon a few of the points that he said because for someone who has never dealt with AI or machine learning, what I can understand is that it is just a tool. Which with high computational possibilities and uh, can just help us in taking decisions. Say, for example, even if we are training it to take decision on, say, the domain is a watershed in this case, or a, a, a sub basin, or a, or a smaller part of the basin. Then, say, hydrologists have been training it the model for years for only based on the climatic or the hydro uh, meteorological data. But if we incorporate large amount of demographic data also into it and somehow try to build a more integrated model, mm -hmm. and that's where that's where humans are learning. Uh, like with time, that just a hydromet based model might not be enough. So they tweak the the domain also a little bit, and and then at the same time be mindful of the uncertainties because climate change is something that that is bringing uncertainties which are which we we still don't understand ourselves. So I, I was wondering if uh, you want to hear a little bit about those aspects, how we are learning new new features about the system. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, so this is where a lot of, uh, you know, intuition has to come in from the, again, from the domain experts or from the humans. And this is where another aspect of collaboration is, uh, is important. But as of now, you know, whatever we are giving it to the machines, the more traditional models uh, or the way the machine learning is applied in most, uh, most application domains is that the, the parameters that we are deciding to give as an input those are figured out by the human beings okay so this was this was basically what was known as hand engineered features okay. the features or the parameters that that we are giving to the machines you know those are say decided by the humans but the more recent trends uh, which also deal with say feature selection or feature learning and so on that is kind of changing this parad paradigm. So there, there, what the argument is that okay, we we may not know whether this this parameter is useful or not. Right. So instead of giving like 10, 10 parameters more, which which was happening more traditionally, which was coming from the experts. So instead of doing that, the current idea is that even if we are not very sure whether this parameter is you know is directly applicable to a, a particular task or not. Instead of giving a handful of parameters, which we are very sure, we will give you will give a lot of parameters, say in terms of hundreds or thousands, right? And many of them may not be relevant, right? Many of them may not be relevant. Many of them may be very highly correlated with the other parameters, so they may be redundant and so on. But now the machine, when I say when I use the word machine, it is not like a hardware machine. Of course, the computer is a hardware uh, system. Uh, or if you're if you're implementing it on, a, on a Arduino or the Raspberry Pi, all that is hardware. But when I when I use the term machine, I mean the algorithm. I mean the I mean the method that you are trying to you know learn. Okay. So uh, the trend in 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 the parameter analysis these days is that you give a lot of parameters and then let the machine figure out which one of them are important parameters. Okay. So that so that that sort of a 
you know perception is changing that even if humans are not very super intuitive enough because see many of these see the one 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 area where machines are good right better than humans is that humans are not really able to figure out a lot of non linear relationships i mean parameters which are related in a very non linear or a, or a very very complex ways in some sense to to me humans are not uh, they're not very capable of handling complexities very well right? and that's where machine comes in that if you have a 100 parameters or a 1000 parameters uh, the machines have the capability or these algorithms have the capabilities to figure out which of these parameters are more important to the outcomes that we are defining so that is that is the that is the basic idea and uh, in many cases wherein where we are not even very sure about the parameters as such so the trend is also that instead of even computing the parameters from a data like an image from a structured data like an image you give the whole image to the machine and the machine is able to now come up with more abstract learnings from this uh, so when i say abstracted it is able to figure out this Com- complicated or the complex relationship between different different parameters which often times a human human does not so that is the that is the shift in the trend trend that is happening earlier uh, a lot of domain expertise was required yes but uh, now of course domain expertise is is required but for a lot of these underlying correlations or underlying relationships rather in general between the you know, the, the complexities of the parameters that is being figured out uh, or that is being learned by the machine itself i would want to know like one more aspect which we have talked about when we take decisions is the bias so do you right. think even machines have biases like uh, the ai system when you create and you when you train it Absolutely. yes in fact in many cases the biases come with come with data so uh, you know for example if you want a decision making problem and you're you feel you're you're learning your machine based on data in many cases it so happens that for a certain decision for a certain choice you don't have too much data and for a for us you know different decision you have a lot of data for example consider consider problem of predicting calamities right now we have a lot of data for a normal weather because normal weather is is more ubiquitous right but we have very less data for calamities right now in that case in, in so this this is a classical example of data imbalance right so very very uh, very standard uh, you know source of bias in the machines that see finally the machine is learning based on data right so often there was this perception which is now changing is that the machine is as good as the data basically okay so the idea of this data imbalance problem was that if you have a lot of data of certain certain decision and if you have less data for other decisions then the machine learning system will get dominated by the former but you know see the important thing in prediction is you want to predict early right so for example if a calamity is going to happen you don't want to you know predict a calamity very close to the happening of the calamity right now if in in case of a data imbalance scenario the data the other parameters that you will that you will record early will be seen somewhere in between a normal case and the in the calamitous case but because the machine is in fact biased towards uh, it will make a decision for the for you know with respect to the other choice now to 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 mitigate this problem people in fact are coming with various uh, various uh, strategies in fact this is very very crucial in even the medical domain where we right. again see abnormal cases less often than uh, normal hmm. cases machine should not uh, report an abnormal case as a normal case Right. Right. right so now now when when we talk about bias we have biases like we don't see yes. 
Absolutely. The short term and long term goal in in the same way, in the same manner. We we see them differently. So now, yeah. uh, when we say that there has to be a uh, a team of uh, maybe AI mm-hmm. and humans and machines and to to make better decisions, then uh, where do you feel that uh, machines can take away the biases which we have as humans? They can can or they actually versa. or vice versa? Yeah. Right. so one point where we you know for example the, the the example that i gave earlier of of learning about which parameters are important right so for example in one case uh, as i think neha also pointed out that there may be a lot of sociological parameters in in addition to the physical parameters which the humans may be overlooking at some point because of their inter- internal bias but now the problem is that if you are open enough and we say that okay whether even, even if it is not important we just feed it to the machine and let let the machine tell us what it discovers right so that's where i think uh, if you are a little more open towards uh, giving more data to machines or more more types of parameters even if we feel that they are you know only tangentially related or perhaps not right. even related at all right, right. i think uh, we should learn that from the machine that the machine can in fact discover a lot of so this is what is called data discovery so it can it can discover from the data certain patterns that sometimes we we humans uh, you know miss right the on the other hand uh, as you correctly mentioned that machines are good in taking short term decisions or you know uh, well again short by see by short term i mean the term in which the the time which which defines the scope of the data so when i say short term i mean machine is capable of learning what is given in the underlying scope of the data so giving an example of a doctor versus a machine see uh, if a machine is able to make a decision by looking at an mri image right it will always make a decision by looking at an mri image but when a doctor you know has to make a decision it uh, the doctor looks at the history of the patient it looks at the image and so on so often cases it may happen that the machine actually identifies a certain you know certain lesion as a, as a tumor but because the doctor knows that okay this patient has been doing well and this patient has this is the history these are the various records of these patients and, and it's been behaving with me i mean he has the whole baggage right uh, 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 domain expert has the whole whole baggage of experience which the machine does not does not have in its data so i think this definitely you know this is this is what we call as prior knowledge right in in technical terms uh, we call this prior knowledge i believe that uh, there are there are ways to model prior knowledge into the machines but i guess we might have to come up with better ways to model prior knowledge into the machines uh, and that's where the second bias where the machine the bias which comes from the data uh, or the scope of the data that may be mitigated when we have inputs from the domains based on a lot of lot of prior knowledge i think that's where humans can you know improve yeah. machine systems uh, yeah. collaborate yeah and and we have discussed about this in in our blog when we say that when we collect data it has to be from multiple vantage points the multiplicity has to be there because uh, sometimes you cannot see the same thing from just one direction you right. have to see it from different point of views and then you try to conclude something yeah i mean so, different point of views and we are not, even if we see different point of views point of views sometimes unless we are very experienced in that area we are not able to relate uh, these we often miss these uh, you know complex correct. correlation between correct um, so so machines can help us in making those complex yes, correlations yeah yes, yes. right 
Divya, I was just thinking when he was giving the example um, in relation to the medical scientist field, uh, we also wrote uh, about catchment doctors. Catchment doctors from different, from their own training and learning, if they just come together and use this wonderful tool at their disposal to understand those complexities. But also, like Arnav said, if they are, if they have developed their, the knowledge for a certain period of time and they're intuitive about the, the region already, then uh, this this collaborative effort can serve in a, in in wonderful ways, I think. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, so. Add to what Neha was mentioning. Uh, so I think what we have to learn from machines is to be to be open and have faith in, in machines. That you know we have to, even if I mean we have to be a bit humble, uh, you know, towards our own limitations of not noticing certain correlations which the machines can actually do. Right. And at the same time, we, I mean, as a machine learning scientist, people who work in these collaborative teams, uh, a machine learning scientist in these teams should also be, you know, humble enough to understand that uh, the scope of the machine is in fact related to the data that you feed to it. And uh, a lot of other experiential knowledge can be definitely gained from humans. Of course, one has to come up with ways to uh, formally, you know, give this knowledge to the machines and work is happening on that. I think that's what we are uh, trying to achieve. We have to break the boundaries of our own limitations by collaborating with others. So we are, we should be aware that, okay, we, I don't understand this and maybe they understand. Exactly. So yes. in yes. that way, machine is also a part of that collaboration. Yes, okay, some, yes. uh, some things a machine will understand better. And in some ways, right. uh, the machine will work better than a human. And then we can Absolutely. take it forward from there. Exactly. And uh, Arnavab, uh, like, um, I would also want to know one bias which, uh, as a machine learning scientist, you have, and uh, what one bias you see in others when you have tried to collaborate with uh, other domain experts. Yeah. I also suffer with the same bias that I think that the machines, uh, because, you know, through my work or through other works, I see the machine learning systems growing at a very, very fast rate. So, for example, all those questions that you had asked, right, about so data, data imbalance or domain adaptation, so generalizability and so on, right? So, these things are already, I mean, these are very good questions. And as of now, what I would say humans are doing better. But like I said, people have noticed these problems and they are definitely working on it. So uh, reflects one of my bias that I personally think that, uh, you know, machines can definitely, I mean, evolve to be practically another species, at least in a way that, you know, we define species in terms of intelligence and so on. Right? So I would say it's, it's more of a futuristic bias. It's, uh, it's not like a present bias, but I have a lot of faith in machines. Uh, which is probably the source of source of my bias, uh, but at the same time, I have seen apprehensions in in uh, you know people coming from different domains. I have, in fact, uh, I am happy to say that there are different domains. There are two types of people that people who who are aware of AI and uh, machine learning or deep learning areas, even if that's not their main uh, profession. Such people do appreciate machines and they are ready to be open towards machines. But then there is this other kind of people who feel that for very, very niche domains, machine cannot really solve any problem. 
like you need you need years of experience to solve a particular problem and that that's not strictly true because you know that years of experience is compressed in the data which we feed it to the machine that uh, there is this bias from the other side from my personal bias like i said uh, uh, i think we we should reach the level of intelligence that uh, that humans have in in the future uh, of course uh, i won't say that machines i don't say that machines will replace uh, humans there are always right. tasks associated with machine learning wherein humans will be required you know so as machine uh, as machine learning evolves you know you humans will evolve in in these tasks also so it is always going to be a collaborative effort i mean it is really wrong to think that uh, machines will replace uh, human beings even if they reach the level of intelligence that uh, the human beings have right to conclude i just want to uh, know few more aspects which you would want to highlight that um, when we see climate crisis or the environmental crisis which is happening right yeah. now where do you think that uh, as humans because you can see machines more clearly mm-hmm. where do you see machi- uh, humans are making uh, uh, a big mistake or a blunder where machines could have done better because i don't think we are on the right path the way things are evolving pertaining to environmental systems yeah uh, so, so again if you if you if you look at literature there's there are a lot of journals uh, which publish ai literature in terms of climate science predicting climate change and so on but i think see there is the gap uh, is there is a gap in in the sense that you know there are a lot of algorithms which are doing very good quality predictions and so on but i don't i mean personally i don't see i mean i see a lot of papers uh, say doing uh, say drought prediction doing you know i don't flood prediction doing you know all sorts of things right uh, trending you know establishing trends of climates and we we see this these trends of climates and all this is coming from data analysis all this is coming from machine learning system where for example what will be the temperature global temperature in 2030 i'm sure you know we we've already seen such graphs somewhere and uh, you know these kind of things can be done using machine learning what the problem i think what we see what i see is that there is a certain gap between these research papers and what is being really uh, you know being deployed i mean are people learning really learning from these research papers i am not very sure if if such a gap is being filled right that the gap between research and you know actual efforts in in mitigating you know uh, you know the climate crisis even if such a gap is, gap is getting filled it's it's not very perceivable i think that is that is where i i, I see a problem that i uh, first of all i feel there is a gap right again this is my personal opinion but even if it is getting filled uh, we are not really aware of it and unless people are aware of such more concentrated efforts that uh, that are required to take major decisions or mitigate climate change i think people will still sort of go on about it as as business as usual so that's where i see that i don't think there is anything wrong with the research i think research is definitely progressing and it is probably progressing at a much higher rate i think the translation of research uh, at least it is happening at a much slower rate or if even if it is happening normal people are not aware of uh, you know that translation been happening in terms of you know coming up with systems and so on so uh, how do you see i mean in fact what you are doing this way i mean i i think this is a very positive move really to to get uh, things to the to the you know uh, to the community 
so i was just wondering uh, you know how do you see this uh, causing at least some level of impact uh, in terms of uh, you know like i was saying do you do you see that this will this will have you know a good good impact uh, towards people in removing their biases or sort of uh, you know or yeah. encouraging them to you know think right so what we are trying to achieve here is we are trying to discuss with people their domain how they see the same problem and how they see the solution to it because sometimes it happens that the perception of the problem itself is very different like some people say okay this is a problem this is a social issue and probably a machine cannot help in it and maybe you will say that okay it's a machine thing it's a vision problem and probably a person who's into social sciences might not help but uh, how we see is that because it's a it's a complex problem itself and it's very huge the way you suggested that actually it's not very easy for a human being to you know to unpack a complex problem so that's where we are we are trying to achieve uh, that kind of interaction where we ask questions and then people will think okay maybe even if i perceive this as a problem which have only social solution or a, uh, it might have a machine learning solution as well yeah so i think uh, again i mean i'm just discussing this i'm not really answering any question uh but i think see demarcating or creating a boundary between say a human solution and a machine learning solution is not the way to go about it i think we should accept see just like we are you know accepting that humans are a part of a larger network of nature right yes so of or of a larger evolutionary network i don't think we should we should have a boundary between you know say a machine learning based solution and a human solution i think it is just a solution and there are just different ways to you know uh, come up with these solutions it's it's like it's like a team and then we in, there are different members in the team so uh, my point is that just like there are different types of humans there are different types of machines and i don't think uh, these can be just considered as agents in a in a overall you know network and not really uh, one should not really think about differentiating between humans and and machines right so yeah, right. so the, the the way you have pointed out so we are trying to pull down that barrier right okay you yeah. you have your own bias that maybe I mean, you it, think that okay this is not your domain but uh, the solution will lie exactly. uh will lie across the domains and that will be a better solution because it will be more holistic so we we just think of we just think in terms of a collaboration of agents that the now the agents can be people coming from different domains the, the the agents can be machines coming from different domains it doesn't really you know matter that's the you know that's right correct correct i think that is why we set one of our goals as being solution oriented so that always we keep reminding ourselves that we have to come towards a solution in the end and so let's drop our biases and think yes. about how how that can be done in a collaborative way learning from other fields which we are not uh, which we may not be familiar with absolutely yeah no so again i would like to end it here that we will not use ai we will work with ai that's the i think that's the main difference hope you enjoyed today's episode please join us for the next episode which will be on sustainable development goals and conference of parties keep listening